hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Hello. Hello, hello. Ah. Well, it's very good to know that my voice is relaxing. Actually, I already knew that, because if you stand where I stand, a number of people are fairly well asleep after a short period of time. So I'm going to break out and shout and stomp up and down and become a real old-fashioned fire and brimstone preacher. Not today. Okay, so... Let's recap of this series we're on so far. Quick recap. God is calling us. In fact, he's launched a battle cry, a call to action. He's calling us to be part of his great project. And we're aware of like three pieces or sections. Households together with Christ at the centre... Ministering the Spirit and a sharper witness. And last week we looked at households. Today we'll look at ministering the Spirit. At that point you say, wow, yeah, whoopee. Yeah, that's it's good. It's good to get involved, yeah. All right. Those of you that were in one of the meetings where Terry was speaking may find there are some similarities because we're taking some of what he said because it was really worth um, bringing again and repeating. So back at the end of January, uh, Jamie, when he's speaking, gave five points indicating what we believe ministering the Spirit means. It's quite important to know that so that we can really enter into it. And today I'll put some more flesh on the bones and expect, uh, and explain how we respond to this battle cry. It's always exciting when there's a sense of anticipation. When God has so clearly spoken that he has something additional, new and more for us. So if you feel a little bit excited, it's quite okay to express it. We are so, so English. Even those of you that We're not born in this country. You get caught by that English disease. Very stoic. But here we can be free. So naturally, what we're talking about, ministering in the spirit, is naturally operating in supernatural gifts which strengthen the church and awaken a hunger for Jesus in those in those who don't know him. Often via miracles and healing. So it's something that God does. So we we can't work it up. Uh, It's not something we can, yeah, that, that, that doesn't do it. We receive... And then we respond. 
One of the key things is the awakening of a hunger in those that are outside of the kingdom. Let's look at a couple of examples. Jesus with a woman at the world. Now, many of you know this story. Jesus is there. He's tired. He's wanted to get a drink. woman comes along uh, to the well. He has no means of getting the drink. Starts a conversation with her. It's very interesting that uh, she wants to talk about cultural differences. Um, You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We're not supposed to meet. Then she wants to go through all sorts of doctrinal backgrounds. And, but he has a purpose because God, of course, is leading him as he submits to the Holy Spirit. He has a purpose. He's got something to bring to this woman. So he's not drawn aside. And often the strengthening the church and awakening a hunger for Jesus comes via these miracles and healing. So we're at the well, and many of you know the story, but uh, he begins to talk to her, and then he says, uh, go, and f- go and fetch your husband. And she said, well, um, slightly embarrassing moment. Then he moves on with an ongoing word of revelation. You know, you already had five, and the one you've got now isn't your husband. And although that was a revelation and a difficult revelation, and it cut right across what, the way she wanted the conversation to go, it was the thing that gripped her, that here was somebody who knew something that she would not have told. Often this revelation, this, uh, this impartation of the Holy Spirit that reveals something is so key and so important. So there was a cutting through all the theology to the reality of this situation. Then let's think about Peter. Acts chapter 2, uh, when the Holy Spirit was poured out and, uh, and Peter spoke to them. The uh, Bible says, uh, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and other apostles, what shall we do? It's, a, it's more than just, oh, here was a good sermon or here was an interesting talk. This is something that was the power of the Holy Spirit breaking in and breaking through into all these people. I remember um, the issue of the supernatural can sometimes just bypass the restrictions that come from the intellect or the background. And years ago, we were doing um, youth camps in the summer, and we rented this private school. And... uh, the headmaster lived on site, uh, elderly, very staid, nothing to do, didn't want anything to do with religion. So we were free to do what we were doing. And then, for some reason, I was outside talking to him, and he heard 
worship and he heard young people speaking in tongues. Somehow that got through to him where nothing else could. I mean, he was, he was fixed away, probably had some religion in his background. It was the supernatural of hearing young people speak in another language that could not be understood or interpreted in the natural way. The supernatural anointing in Peter's words cut them to the heart. It went right through to their central being. Now, Tanya, uh, where's Tanya? There she is. Um, she was sharing a story the other day, and I thought it would be really interesting to, to kind of bring this not just out of a biblical position, but into a, a real-life, uh, actual present now. Can you move the mic, somebody? Oh. No, don't make excuses. Just do the job. Oh, dear. Staff. Sorry, Tanya. There you go. Um, yeah, it's a while ago. Um, there was a waitress in a pub. We were having breakfast, David and I. Um, I'm reading it out. I was watching her working, and I felt compassion for her that she's going about her day not knowing how much God loves her. I asked her name and she told me, um, she th and she'd forgotten her badge. Then later on, I asked if she was a Christian. She said no. And I asked, did you used to be? Because I thought I'd heard God say this. And she said no. But she went on to tell me that her son had been learning all about Jesus at school and keeps asking questions. We talked about how that can make you think about what you believe yourself. I told her that God loves her and asked if we can pray for her. She said yes, and I started to pray with my eyes open, and she walked off, and maybe she was unsure what to do. I could have got discouraged at that point, and I didn't know what else to say, and I also thought she's probably telling the other waitress about the two weirdos over there. <laughs> but then again, I thought it's more important that she knows God than I feel awkward. But I ran out of words, so I started drawing, because I used to carry blank cards with me. Um, and I had a scripture, and I wrote the prayer that I prayed earlier as she was walking away and gave it to her. Then she came back, and she said she was really moved. She couldn't believe that I'd drawn it, that it had her name on, and that she hadn't been shown so much kindness in 17 years. Wow. Also, when I asked her name, she said she thought that I was an inspector. But this made me think how many times, this made me think how many other times I'd not said more because I'd misjudged or felt self-conscious. What was the first step? Tanya just felt something stir. I mean, just a question. And God used her in that situation. I think that's got to be one of the most wonderful things when we know that God is, is using us, uh, is touching our hearts, drawing us into a place where he can speak through us. So, Holy Spirit, about strengthening the church and awaking a hunger for Jesus in those that are outside of his family. See, strengthening the church can never be about how good I am. It's not about gaining some superpower. It's not about 
well, I'm better than the others. I mean, none of that, that's, that's, that's all of the flesh. But the pure joy to be used of God to bring a contribution. Now, the Bible gives some pretty sort of stark examples of people being moved by the Holy Spirit. Many of you will know the story of Ananias and Sapphira, slightly frightening story. This is a story where a husband and wife, people were giving uh, and opening their hearts because God had, had touched them and they were expressing that in generosity, which is the best way of giving and giving as God directs. So this husband and wife lied about the gift that they'd given. That was a pretty awful thing. Right there and then, uh, Peter the Apostle was giving an insight into the fact that they had lied. And he confronted them with it, and they dropped dead. That's a horrific situation. But out of that, yeah, it really happened. It did. Yeah. It's in the Bible. I'm getting a little bit of uh, interaction, and I always get excited when there's a bit of interaction. Don't go quiet on me, Dave. All right. What happened there? Bible says nobody kind of lightly joined themselves. There was a there was a sense of awe and fear. People think this this is this is not a thing to be messed with. This is this is something beyond. This is this is not just somebody giving some teaching. This is this is the power of God. And then it goes on to say nobody lightly joined themselves. But more and more and more people were added to the church. Added because they'd seen something of the power of God. They didn't do it lightly. Fear of God actually strengthens the church. People joined because they thought, hey, there's something here. There's something beyond just an agreement to some kind of theological thing. This is about meeting with Jesus. Then there was another instance. This is in Acts chapter 11. Uh, one of them named Agapus stood up and through the spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. Uh, this actually happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Two things here. First of all, the supernatural in a prophetic word, prophetic word saying what was going to happen, and then the willingness to give. God was touching the hearts to respond to the word of God. What was the result? Well, the Bible tells us the church was strengthened. Uh, leaders were empowered to lead the church well. 
remember thinking about this. Um, many of you would remember, but it's quite a long time ago. Many of you wouldn't know about it, but there was a point in the development of the church that we felt it was time to plant out different churches into different areas. I think it was about seven of them that we did then. And often as preachers and teachers had come through, they would uh, invite me to go to their place. And I would say, oh, yeah, yeah. But prior to this, a team had come from the States and they were moving powerfully in the Holy Spirit. And they invited, invited us to go to their, to their place. And I said, yeah, yeah, like I normally do, nice invite, thank you very much. But out of the blue, God spoke to me about taking what we might call a sabbatical and to go to this, go to this place. It was a, a very interesting time. You see, what happened then was obviously because it was a sabbatical, um, Dawn would teach the boys in the morning and probably into the mid-afternoon. I would either be in meetings or when I got there, the leader said, huh, hmm, uh, I'm not really sure what I can teach you. He was slightly, you know, he'd asked him, it was a genuine invitation and God made every provision. But he said, look, most of what I believe is in this book, love, acceptance and forgiveness. That book took me two months, a little thin book to go through because God was using it to speak to me about how we should particularly shape. And to this day, all these years later, love, acceptance, forgiveness is a most major factor that enables us to come together in genuine relationship and love and reach out to others. You see, God's leading, we can't always see what's in it, but as we take a step of faith, he will use it according to his purpose. So increased ability to be led by his spirit is an awareness of submission. Some of you will remember the story uh, in Genesis of of um, Jacob and um, I always find it a little bit funny he, he lay down to sleep and put his head on a stone anybody ever done that? I, I don't I, somehow I don't fancy that yeah. but then he when he woke he recognised um, that God was present and he said this wow he was here, and I wasn't even aware until that point. You know, God is always here. He's always wanting to take us and lead us and fill us with his spirit and minister to us. Sometimes we're just not aware. We're not tuned in to that particular wavelength and response. In Acts chapter 11, the famine, as soon as they heard 
They acted upon it, what I was talking about just now. They didn't wait for evidence. They did it because they'd heard God. And sometimes, oftentimes, it's about hearing and doing and being obedient. You can't work it out. You can't weigh the, the, the pros and cons on it. We have to step out. And so they acted as they heard, didn't wait for evidence, and we saw what God did. Reminds me, I was sitting in my office. Um, I think it. Was, I think Jamie was there, and we were working on something. And all of a sudden, I got this sense: I must call Norma in St Martin. And I don't even know what time of day it was with the time zone difference. So I stopped what we were doing and I called her then. At that moment, just before that, she'd just heard of the, 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 the unexpected death of her youth leader and she was distraught and upset. And what did it do, the call? I don't know about anything I could have said. But to her, it showed her God was aware of her situation, that she could turn to him. And it became quite a, um, a solace for her, being able to turn to God at that time. Seems a little thing, but God is so good and so faithful and wanted to show that he was holding her in his hand. It's a really good thing to be subject to and, and used of God. A thrilling thing. I think I've told you, I can't remember, um, just look bored if you've heard it all before. All right? Oh, you've heard it all before. Okay. Uh, when we were working with the brothers and sisters in Italy back many years ago when they had an awful earthquake and uh, they wanted help to assess how we could serve. We were representing a number of uh, emerging churches at that time. And uh, anyway, to cut the story short, because you've heard it before, um, I was on the phone and they said, uh, yeah, we need housing. And just without thinking, I committed this to a huge amount of money without any sense or thought at all where it was going to come from. It wasn't, there wasn't a network of churches. There were churches emerging in, at that time and some of them eventually became part of a network people that I'd maybe just met once. And the amazing thing was God provided and uh, provided a way of getting them there, or those prefabricated places, and they're still there today, which is uh, an encouraging thought. Just operating on that notch, increased ability to be led by his spirit and awareness and submission to him More than that, I think 
we could and would expect to receive an anointing. This is ministering the Spirit. To not just describe, but facilitate others to taste and see God. To lead them to that place where they know, Jeremiah, each will know, experience God, not limited by someone else's description. In John chapter 4, we see the Samaritans, back to the story of the woman at the well. They came because of her testimony. But then they said, now we see for ourselves. So there was an entry point, there was the testimony, but it led to them seeing for themselves. Increased ability to be led by his spirit and awareness and submission. Are you feeling nice and relaxed now? Yeah? Yeah. Anybody feeling a little bit sort of uncomfortable or disturbed? I could lower my voice. I could talk a little bit. Yeah. Oh, Sue, when you put your hand up there, I thought you were saying it was you. You're just going to scratch your head. <laughs> All right. So we receive this anointing to not just describe it, but facilitate others. Mark was telling us um, recently of a member of his business group. Mark had the opportunity to speak to him and the man came back and said, I just cannot stop thinking about that conversation. You see, it wasn't just the word spoken, something was imparted at that time. So the Spirit enables us to believe God's promises leading to a greater security. I like this. This is Paul speaking in Romans 8. For I am convinced. People say, how do you know God is with you? I just know it in my know it. It's something, in fact, as our brother was sharing this morning, it's something that God just does. You can't change it. You couldn't argue against it. There's no evidence that would ever... Well, it's just the knowledge. The Spirit enables us. And Paul can say, For I am convinced that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor any other creature can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I know it's King James. That's how I remember it. Yeah, I know Convinced by the Spirit. The Spirit himself, Romans 8, testifies with our spirit. Spirit residing inside, Paul helps Paul to reach the promises of God which can't be accessed through intellect or feelings alone. For example, at a moment of high stress and anxiety, not only choose to remember that God is my loving Father, provider, protector, but move to delight in this reality. That moment where we turn from that pressure or difficulty or despair or fear is not just a relief, but it's a release. But he is here. He is with me. He takes me through. Delighting in the reality. Greater revelation of what it means for the Holy Spirit to wear us like a glove. Remember, we've talked about that recently. An example of authority to speak to, to powers and authorities, to pray differently. I'm here for him rather than he is here for me. 
Do you ever get caught like that? Praying as though he's like waiting for instruction or like you're giving an order to, to a waiter. No, we are here for him. I am here for him. I serve at his pleasure, therefore. We talked about this recently. Not at my convenience. I have the privilege of him reaching others through me. Great privilege. I have a front row seat to watch him in action. I get to work in partnership with him. Anybody like to say an amen to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I walk in partnership, work in partnership with him, delivering the wonderful message of salvation to a dying world. So what does ministering in the spirit look like? Let's go to the story of Peter and John, Acts chapter 3, going up to the temple at the time of prayer, 3 in the afternoon. This is what they would have done many times before. On this particular day, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So there's nothing new in this. Every day, Peter and John are going up to the temple. Every day, the man is there. It's, it's just a normal thing. You'd hardly really notice it. Except for God had a plan. Caught Peter's attention. When Peter, let me just read a bit of the story. When he saw Peter, this is the blind man, the lame man, well, not the blind man. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. That's a kind of fixing gaze upon. Looked straight at him. And he said, look at us. Remember, here's somebody moving under the direction and power of the Holy Spirit. This is the fun life. This is the exciting life that God calls us to. And indeed at this time is calling us more fully into that. I think he's saying, guys, I got some fun lined up for you. I got some experiences. I got some things that will make you shake in your shoes, but you'll do it and then you'll see what I can do. So there, Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. But God had caught Peter's attention. Then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then he just stepped back and sit, sat down, hoping it might happen. No, it doesn't say that. He said what God gave him to say. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. He was getting behind what God had said. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Where did this miraculous power come from? God poured it through Peter. It's a risky move by Peter. Peter couldn't heal. He could only announce the healing that he heard. 
and saw God doing in his spirit. I wonder, I wonder if God was sort of, uh, sort of sitting down with a smile of approval and saying, here's my boy. Let's, let's see how he follows this through. I kind of like to think that God, well, of course God was there, but he was kind of, had a, an expectation and a confidence, just like he could have in you or me or any one of us. We can all be used by God. We can all be anointed in the Holy Spirit to bring a particular word or encouragement or direction. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, then went with them into the temple, God's uh, temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Um, I suppose if I said I'd like to see a bit more of that, you'd think I was just a sort of empty-headed exhibitionist. Well, I'm happy to be an empty-headed exhibitionist if we're released to walk and jump and praise God. Yeah? Yeah. Don't get old on me. And even young people, don't get old on me. Yeah. Let's have a little bit of walking, jumping and praising God. Is he, is he worth praising? Oh, come on. Is he worth praising? Lord, deliver us from English-itis. Walking, jumping, praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. What happened? They were filled with wonder and amazement of what had happened. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running. It led to a vast increase to them running to where they were in Solomon's colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? See, signs and wonders, the manifestation of the supernatural power of God leads to the opening of hearts. We see something, we experience something. Hearts are opened towards God. A sign points to something or someone. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. This sign pointed people to believe Jesus. So let's get a little bit of practical in here. Uh, anybody interested in what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were. I know you hired it, but I, th I thought you were. We're used to calibrating for accuracy, aren't we? I mean, in the olden days, you used to have a tune in a radio. Some of you wouldn't remember that. Um, but you would know this. You've got to be accurate. You've got to tune for accuracy accuracy when you're driving a car. Might be a little slight movement on the steering wheel. Even like a, a chef tasting his meal would be checking it for accuracy. 
focusing the camera. You don't even do that now, do you? Do you still focus cameras? Oh. You probably do this. I wouldn't do this, but you probably would do this, some of you. Getting the perfect selfie for your profile picture. We had to get some photos done once and we went into this photographer's and he looked at Dawn and that was alright. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not sure what I can do with this. <laughs> I think he was being friendly. We're in the same way, by practice we become increasingly familiar with God's voice. How do, you, how do you get started? Lord, what would you have me to do today? Lord, who would you have me to show some act of kindness? Lord, who would, who would you have me to speak to? Lord, can I be used of you in some way today? Whether it's someone close or someone I don't know. And you can rest assured you'll get a little nudge and then it'll be uncomfortable because you think, oh, how can I do that? Or what if I'm wrong? See, the enemy has got many, many reasons to throw at us, but they're not to be compared with what God says for us to do. So we become increasingly familiar with God's voice. Faithful, listening and acting in the small things which can lead to clarity in the bigger things. 1 Thessalonians 5. Bible says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? I'm just having my dinner and say, Oh, can we just stop? I must pray. I'm just about to get on the train, and before I step up, I stop. No, it don't mean that. It means that we can be talking to God all the time. Um, using that opportunity. You don't have to stop and make, a, make a, a show or a process of it. Faithfully listening. Praying continually. You know, the story goes of Brother Lawrence... Um, he decided he wanted to follow a more devout path. He really wanted to give his life to God, so he joined a monastery where he thought it would be all, you know, prayer and seeking God. And, and then he discovered that they all had a job, and his job was washing pots. And in washing pots, he found the presence of God. See, it's not what, where we are or what we do, it's our heart being open to him. It means a constant awareness of the presence of God. Sometimes aware, you can be aware, um, those of you who are married are aware of your husband or wife's presence, even when it's not verbal. Um, could be a, a look. Oh. Yeah, frightening. Yeah, oh, it could be a look of encouragement. 
Enough of that. Move on quickly. But we're not looking just for an audible voice. It can be a nudge. I think I told you before, only happened once, but it's the weirdest thing. Just look bored if you've heard it so many times. So I'm in a meeting. Um, I don't know how big it was, maybe 50 or 60. And it's towards the end, and we're just coming to prayer. And I see this man walk in the door and walk, walk right around the back of the group. And I'm thinking, this is odd. Is this someone we should share the gospel with? Or At that point, can I just explain? Um, there's a, a, a saying in English that says about a pain in the butt. It really means that, that someone's a nuisance or a problem. So as I'm standing there and others are bowed in prayer, I get a pain in the butt. <laughs> what happened? I just knew this was not from God. This was an intrusion. This man was coming to bring disturbance. And so we were able to deal with it right there. Now, that's, that's weird. But it was very real. Yeah. Praying continually. Constant awareness of his presence. The Bible talks about being led by the Spirit. It's the norm, the norm for a born-again Christian. The ability to hear his voice. Expect to hear his voice. The Bible says, John 10, My sheep hear my voice. He talks about us being sons, not servants. Therefore, we know the master's business. We're in the know. He reveals it to us. We're confident that he loves me and wants to lead me right. What we call the smile of God's approval. So what could hinder in this? Well, anything that hinders praying continually. Sin, bitterness, Business, too much tied up in that. Worry, fear, trying to control things. Affected by bad news, losing sight of who and what God is. What enables us, that's what could hinder us, what enables us to pray continually and be led by the Spirit? Surrendering to his rule. Lord, what do you want? Lord, have your way. Being led by faith, trusting what God says over what I can see, feel, rationalise in the natural. Give him chance to speak. That means listen. Act on what you hear. You know, if you hear something, you come to a decision. Don't debate it too long. The Bible talks about the birds of the air will snatch away the seed if it's not properly dealt with. So invest in the relationships and inputs which help you pursue God. 
Here's another little thing. Rejoice always. Always ready to give thanks. These are things that enable us to pray continually and be led by the Spirit. Give thanks in all circumstances. God doesn't change. He remains good when the situation is bad. So what can we respond to? You're calling me to respond and I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to be somebody who's led by the Spirit, who's used by the Spirit. Yes, Lord, I'm willing. I choose to embrace the things which help me to be in continual prayer and withdraw from things that just hinder. I want to be filled with the Spirit for the first time or again. So what we're going to do um, now, we'll do it a little bit different. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Do you want the Spirit's leading? Do you want those opportunities, like we heard from Tanya early on, something that just said, you have to make contact with this waitress. If God is quickening you in your desire, what I'd like you to do is just as we, we just begin to focus on him, this song, I want you to come and stand along the front here. If you'd like us to pray, lay hands on you, you want infilling of the Spirit, you want to be led of the Spirit, you want to be ministering the Spirit, just take opportunity now to come and stand at the front. The core team will come and the prayer team. Just take it now. Let's stand together. Spirit of the living God. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.co.uk.